0: Hey guys, it's Hannah Griffith. This week I'm joined by Hannah Grothusen, a junior at Dickinson College, majoring in International Studies. This week we're gonna be talking about Copenhagen Fashion Week, which just occurred uh, this past week, so stay tuned if you wanna hear more about that. This past week, February 2nd to 5th, um, was Copenhagen Fashion Week. And I had to look this up prior, again, this, is, this might be sad, this might not be something I want to admit, but I had to look up terminology because, again, I didn't think Scandinavian places could also be Nordic places, but it turns out Denmark is a crossover, so yeah. it's both Scandinavian fashion and Nordic fashion, Scandinavian designers and Nordic designers. You can call them whatever you want.
1: Okay, you're so. going to have to, like, if there's a, an actual distinction
0: between the two, you're going to have to give me definitions, because all it's, I'm picturing it's a is, region like, thing okay it's just like they Denmark and specifically I think Copenhagen as I don't think all of Denmark this could be so wrong I looked this up two days ago and I already forget I think all of Denmark is Nordic that's a Nordic country but I think Scandinavian it might be by city or it could be all of Denmark I think Scandinavian though I remember seeing like Copenhagen in a list okay and if anyone listens from Denmark and that's wrong I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Basically, Copenhagen Fashion Week um, consists of brands from Denmark, Sweden, and Norway. Um, And in this year, they actually started this because of COVID, their spring-summer collection and that whole fashion week was through something they called a fidgetal platform. So they had some digital shows, some pre-recorded, and then they had a few physical one so that was the the fidgetal model (laughs) digital
1: okay i like that term
0: i i kind of liked it too and the way it's spelled is really satisfying (laughs) p-h-y-g-i-t-a-l it's really good to look at um so basically that's what they did they went with the same model um with this fashion week so and on this digital platform so the shows that were digital they basically created an entire different website platform where everyone could access um everything And on it were the show's collections, if it was pre-recorded, if it was live. And then they also featured um, pre-recorded panels that focused on tech innovation, racial inequality, sustainability, social injustice, diversity in hiring. And it all was with a focus in the fashion industry. Oh, wow. Um, So they really like
1: hit everything pretty much.
0: Yeah. And I think this was their first time experimenting with the pre-recorded panels, but the reaction they received was pretty good, so I'm assuming they'll move forward with that and maybe Mm -hmm. even push content not during fashion weeks, but I was impressed by that. I really liked that piece. Um, And their whole purpose behind it, they use the quote proactive rather than reactive um, regarding basically everything in the industry. So being on top of it um, and helping brands who might be a little confused, might be smaller, bigger, but don't really know what's going on, Mm -hmm. um, helping them sort of get an understanding. And are most
1: of these brands, like, they're probably all nothing I would have heard of, right?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about a few. So I happened to follow a couple on Instagram that I didn't even realize were, like, Nordic designers. I just liked their stuff. I'd seen people um, like Bella Hadid wear some stuff by a couple designers. And also, I was in the search for a sustainable, like, winter jacket at one point last year. Mm-hmm. And one brand kept coming up. I didn't even realize they were um, based in Denmark. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. A full okay. circle moment. Um, but yeah, we'll <laughs> talk about if you might recognize one or two, but maybe not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now, basically, the reason we're talking about Copenhagen Fashion Week in through a lens of sustainability is um, because they introduced a sustainability plan in January of 2020. Um, and it was a three-year sustainability action plan. So it ends January, 2023. Um, which again, I read it, I was like three years, like weird, odd number, short amount of time. But Mm -hmm. the whole reason for the short period of time is, um, basically they can reassess and reevaluate after three years and make adjustments and they have a whole new sustainability plan. Um, so instead of just editing it every couple of years and having like a long-term one, they like to fully reintroduce, which I kind of like, um, get some yeah. press, stuff like that. Um, and the plan included a weighted point system, which would assess the green efforts of the brand. And when I say the brand, they started it out as like a pilot um, last mm-hmm. year with just 12 brands. So that's why the reassessment in 2023 is important because they'll definitely be adding more brands Yeah, and there's oh, yeah. brands who already want in. So that's the whole point of the three-year thing, right?
1: Yeah. I I like the three-year instead of like longer chunks, it seems more like manageable,
0: realistic, and like productive, honestly. Right. And I think we see, even with Dickinson, like people set goals like by 2050 we will be carbon neutral. And then you just sit there from 2020 to 2050 and just hope it happens. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you say like, We are doing a three year. It's going to end in 2023, like sustainability goal. It's short enough that it stays on people's minds. And then when it ends, you get the press of capping it up and like having all the results. You get the press of starting a new one. You get the press of adding new brands. Mm -hmm. I think it's genius. I don't love the goals like by 2080, like there will be no more like gasoline, like vehicles.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's like good for the long term, but you need more like digestible things in the meantime. Right. Yeah, right. And I especially benchmarks. like
0: consumers who may not know much about sustainability. It helps. Helps them mm-hmm. understand it. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of people tend to critique the whole idea of a fashion week. Um, it generates a lot of travel, typically air travel, because um, mm-hmm. people seek these out all over the world. Um, it brings, granted, it brings tourism and money into a city, but these people don't tend to the most sustainable when they're staying there. Um, they mm-hmm. go out, they utilize resources of the city, and they leave. So people critique the Fashion Week itself, and a lot of people travel, which isn't great. That's obviously not the worst part, though, um, because 70% of emissions come from upstream operations within the fashion industry. So that's material production and processing. Mm-hmm. Um, textile like generation, textile dyeing is actually terrible. Um, is pretty bad so fashion week not great super small like tiny minuscule thing on the side with the overarching like thing about the fashion industry um but that'll typically come up during a fashion week like well these are stupid people are traveling oh oh." now with COVID people don't necessarily travel but it's not saving us that much
1: yeah um yeah that's really interesting like to put it in perspective that way
0: yeah and I think typically like the fashion weeks will get a lot of press like influencers will post about it they'll get a lot of flack for like taking a private jet all the way to like a different country so that's not even the worst of it like Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian using a private jet to go to New York Fashion Week is really just a small chip in the whole thing (laughs) yeah so the action plan itself has I'll sort of lay out a little bit of what's in it. Um, There are 17 minimum requirements, um, but a few of them are at least 50% of your textiles must be organic upcycled or recycled materials. Um, You can't destroy any unsold clothing. Um, You have to be an equal opportunity employer. And that's just like three little ones, but Mm -hmm. that's sort of the basis. So they're tackling diversity, equity, a little bit of fast fashion with the destroying of unsold clothes. I don't think that was really an issue with Copenhagen brands, but, um, and then the upcycled and recycled textiles. Um, at yeah. least 50% of your entire line has to be that. So overall, great. I think it's something that way more people need to start looking at. Um, yeah. And again, like the 12 brands that got into the program and were a part of it, people saw what they were doing and they started to follow these exact rules and mm-hmm. change their brand for like a more sustainable focus in like Denmark, but they aren't even part of the program. Like there's other brands that like have taken that turn and are probably going to be itching to get in in 2023. Yeah. Um, for example, I, these are two, I, I don't think you'll have heard of these, but Ghani. Nope. The ring of nope. Okay. <laughs> Um, Autumn winter 2021 they used uh, 70% organic recycled material Uh, Stein Goya another relatively famous one in the United States Um, same thing autumn winter 2021 55% of their collection was sustainable materials so brands are starting to do this on their own even if they're not part of the program it's just something that they realize they should be doing it also might be appealing to their consumer so I bring this to you really quick Okay. Um, I asked you to look up a little bit about Copenhagen. You are an international studies major at Dickinson College. So I know from my friends who studied abroad in Copenhagen that it is extremely well thought out sustainable, mainly because mm-hmm. I hear they biked everywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that's like-
0: all the pictures so- of them biking. But I want to hear from you sort of your take on Copenhagen, like maybe something you've studied in IS that has to do mm-hmm. with their sustainability stance within all of Europe.
1: Yeah. Well, basically that doesn't sum it up, but it kind of like leads into it is that Copenhagen is going to be the first carbon neutral city um, by 2025 is like their goal and their plan. And I think what really kind of sets them apart is that they've been thinking about this long before like the Paris peace accord and um, all of the like international attention they've been promoting sustainability since the early 2000s. And that kind of is like a sharp difference from I think most American cities where it's still not even like in the forefront. Um, But I do think it's interesting to think about the like demographics of Copenhagen and Denmark in general. It is like a very wealthy country. It's a very white country. There is very little diversity. And so um, some people say that that has given them like a really undue advantage in this like race to become more sustainable because they have like less political obstacles and like division within their country. Um, So I just think that's interesting to consider, but definitely they have like the materials and wealth to um, undertake some of these more expensive sustainability projects.
0: It is super interesting to think about that a primarily white city in a primarily white country is going to be able to pass legislation faster than other cities that have a different demographic in a different yeah. diversity level.
1: Yeah, and I've, I don't feel like I don't know a lot of the specifics about that in connection to sustainability exactly, but I remember like as far back as high school, like asking my like history and government teachers I was like well why can't we be as progressive as some of these like Scandinavian countries and my one teacher was like okay like take a minute like these countries are all white and they have like extensive resources um, that can like provide for their like transitioning from like capitalism to like more socialist model and I was like that's something I just had never thought about like we might think of these cities as like super progressive and like models for the rest of the world but there are like certain factors that have allowed them to like work with more consensus I guess and I'm not saying that um, having like a racially diverse like coalition to attack sustainability isn't the best way to do it it's just something they haven't had to deal with like they haven't had to deal with environmental racism to the same extent that like the United States has so it's just I don't know, something to keep in mind and something I definitely want to learn more about.
0: Yeah, the environmental racism piece, which I think given the past year we've had with COVID, um, it's on people's minds, which is where it should be at all times. Um, Mm -hmm. Racism in America and discrimination. um, And I think especially doing this podcast, researching sustainability more than I typically would, environmental racism is a whole... Like to be in a city that does like barely has to think about that or barely deals with that,
1: mm-hmm. it is
0: detrimental in the United States. Like it is there, it is in I'm everywhere. Like it's not even just like in cities, like it's in every yeah. state at any point. Everywhere. And to have that massive hurdle just like eradicated mm-hmm. puts you at a way like way above like way faster in like legislature like things like it just yeah it it absolutely. sets them not above in like a not that way but like <laughs> it does alleviate a, a different huge piece yeah definitely yeah um so um basically to wrap up i wrote down the two brands uh and did a little research into their specific uh Copenhagen Fashion Week, they just had this past week. Um, mm-hmm. Two that are, I'm not going to say Americanized, but like they are sought out in America. You can okay. find them at some more curated stores. Um, like a small boutique in Soho might carry some of this. They ship to the US. They are, you can find them. And yeah. a lot of people do have them. So the first one, when I was looking for my sustainable down coat, I came across the brand. I'm gonna, I might butcher this. I say Mari Mako. It's M-R-I-M-E-K-K-O. So I could be butchering that. (laughs) I'm not going to give my best guess. Yeah, but they're sort of just known for sustainability. um, And I think also what I noticed with this Fashion Week is uh, like bright pops of color. So they have huge green trench coats. Like I just like their outerwear personally um, and the pops of color. They do play with print a little bit, but not like as much as other brands. So their fashion week consisted of filming a uh, a like runway at their textile factory in Halinski, so they honored their textile workers. They had, um, yeah, it was overall good. I watched it; great pieces. I think they did a great job. They individually um, have goals set for 2025 as mm-hmm. a brand, so they aim to reduce their emissions due to logistics by 50 percent, uh, reduce water usage by 50 percent, and reduce overall emissions by 40 percent. So. That's an example of an individual brand following along in the are sustainability they, trend. Um, but not necessarily part So they're not one of the 12 of, brands? I don't think okay. they are. Um, they didn't list the 12 when I was looking for it. Um, mm-hmm. They might be. But they did list them as like a... They're doing this on their own. So like, I don't oh, wow. think they are part That's of nice. it. That's um, nice. The other brand is Ghani, which we talked about their autumn winter mm-hmm. collection. But they hired a... so precursor to this they have been sustainability minded for a long time that i didn't realize um they hired a sustainability executive manager in 2013 so a long time ago um that Mm -hmm. was on their radar all of the polyester that they use which is about 20 percent of their textile usage is recycled and polyester is in my opinion the worst thing for the Mm -hmm. environment it does not break down Okay. Um. It it just doesn't. So yeah. the more we make polyester, like the just the more polyester that's in the world, and brands sometimes Polyester's tend like, to like burn it. Like it's you find it in a lot of sweaters. It's essentially honestly. like
1: made. It's like it's like plastic almost, right? Like it is. Yeah. Not it's not plastic, but it's like made out of oil.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's it's just or as petroleum. bad. as plastic. Like yeah. If we're if we're comparing bad for the environment, but you can't really. Res- I mean, you can recycle it. Like they're using recycled polyester, but there's no recycling system for like your sweater has 10 percent polyester like put it in this box like mm-hmm. that's not set up so polyester terrible for the environment they use uh all of their polyesters recycled, and that's takes up about 20 percent of the textiles that they use um, they signed the new plastics economy global commitment in 2019 which is i think followed along with the polyester thing uh, reducing plastic waste having compostable packaging uh mm-hmm carbon neutral shippers stuff like that um and then the i think due to covid they don't have it anymore but they had something called the ghani repeat which is actually a rental service where you could rent pieces that they were selling on their website for certain periods of time and send them back um which we're seeing on the rise right now but um i feel like that is so smart
1: like rental especially for like more major pieces that you're not going to
0: wear oh I i rented my prom dresses. Yeah. I rented my graduation dress for high school. I I'm so here for it, but I've never seen, you know how in America like rent the runway, um, I style lend in high school. You can mm-hmm. rent from a massive closet, like different brands. Yeah. And it's kind of curated a little bit. I've never heard of a brand renting their genuine like it's just all their pieces. Like you yeah. can anything you can see on the website that you can buy, you can rent. It isn't That's in the so US, smart. it's strictly more... in Denmark, but it's very cool that they're like, you know what? You don't want to buy it, but you want to wear it, like, and you want to take a picture of it, rent it from our website. Yeah. Like,
1: I wish more American brands would do that. That's right. Yeah. But I'd also be genius. curious, like, if in
0: America our shipping
1: system is like set up to make that, like, That's sustainable to go yeah. <laughs> there and back and like all the packaging.
0: So at the end I, of the day, like, I think I'm sustainable because i buy i would say 95 percent of my stuff is from depop poshmark mercari mm-hmm. like the real real i buy second hand but at the end of the day i buy and sell so at the end of the day i'm still shipping like yeah is the footprint of me shipping a sweater i sold on poshmark as good like it just
1: i bet it's i bet it's definitely better Uh it's better but sometimes
0: like would you want to run down the street and like buy from a small business it might be new Mm -hmm. it might be like whatever i don't know it just makes me think sometimes like whenever i sell like something small and i'm shipping it to california i'm like well that's not that doesn't make me feel great about like secondhand right now
1: yeah but i from my my limited knowledge i did take two environmental science classes general sustainability um, (laughs) attributes and I learned that, so like say you're going to buy something online and you buy it, but you don't do um, like next day shipping or like expedited shipping. If you just do the full like seven day shipping or whatever, that is better than going into the store and buying something. I don't know, like the logistics with like a small business and then the worst is the next day shipping like overnighting something to yourself yeah overnighting something that's like where it becomes a disaster but the like transportation cost of getting it to the store and then you physically going to the store to pick it up
0: is is like worse than than just
1: yeah more than just shipping wow okay but but the not the expedited shipping
0: yeah 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 yeah. and i i reuse packaging i reuse my shippers but like on days when i send out like four things i do like yeah, I don't know, but it doesn't make cost, me feel as sustainable.
1: <laughs> the cost of like the all the inputs that go into making clothing, and then not having to make new clothing by like yeah. buying secondhand and selling secondhand, definitely plays a huge factor. Just like the water that goes into like even yeah. making like a cotton t-shirt is like yeah. something extraordinary that was like mind-blowing I don't remember the fact but I remember being
0: no it's quite it's crazy it is crazy and I am I'm sporting my Pangaya hoodie which we'll talk about in a different episode but overall I'm in love with the brand because of and people don't think about it their outlook on water usage in the clothing industry like no one thinks about how much water it takes to like make the garments you wear and make the textiles like if they're dyeing it, that's a ton of water used to dye it as well. Like mm-hmm. printing takes water. Like no one thinks about it. And with Pan when you check out, like it says you've reduced like twelve gallons worth of water waste. Like you saved X amount of like carbon. Like you just yeah. There's just so many things you but, don't. But like water think about. is not one you consider. No one ever yeah. thinks about it. like how much water it takes to to make a T-shirt. It's a yeah. lot. So that's yeah. a tangent that we just went on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I, I like it. I think we're going to cover yeah. this later in another episode. But um, to wrap up, um, according to a, I call them a blog, um, called Who, What, Where, based in New York City, they summarize all of the emerging trends coming out mm-hmm. of Copenhagen Fashion Week. And since you are so aggressively on the hunt for the new Scandinavian <laughs> style, um, I figured I'd let you know what the, t- the top things coming out of Copenhagen Fashion Week are. Okay. So the first one is sweater vests. And don't clock it because I think they're, they're, they're a little bit like TikTok-y. Like,
1: yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've seen a lot of sweater vests on TikTok.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't so need it. Not surprising. Um, the next one, I don't know if I can get behind because it brings me back to middle school are you, are you I'm nervous dresses over pants oh no but here, let me let me paint the picture in your head because what you're probably imagining is that floral abercrombie dress you had over your for like first pair of skinny jeans yeah because I and like about that card yes I I fully did that um we're talking loose like shift dress style not fitted almost like a very long t-shirt like a tunic is that the word for it you could use that word <laughs> no you know what i mean like i yeah it, it's just like loose and big i'm gonna stand up we are filming this on zoom so she can get the the demonstration okay. for those of you listening i'll try and describe the best i can loose straight down no like fitted nothing no in curves and then potentially comes down a little shorter than a dress because you wouldn't you're wearing pants with it so it's okay if it's a little shorter okay and then wide leg pants so you're getting this massive just like long wide flowy silhouette especially if it's monochromatic I'm kind of here for it in some aspects but when I originally okay. read dresses over pants heart started racing because I was thinking Abercrombie and skinny jeans <laughs> back in I'm not grade. angry at it I'm not angry I'm not angry but I don't I also don't think you and I will be the ones to do this no um but that is prepare yourself. That's coming. Okay. <laughs> um, this one, very excited about. I think it's on the rise in the U.S. too. Printed tights. Um, <laughs> your face is saying otherwise. <laughs> um, but in, in some of the bolder colors that I was talking about, I like that uh, Nordic style tends to play with like pastels, pop of color. They aren't afraid to put color on color on color and make this crazy pattern textile and then just throw it underneath a bright green dress. I like that about it. Um, I'd
1: have to see a picture. Sorry, y'all.
0: Yeah, I would need to see. I'm I'm open-minded, but I would have to be convinced. Yeah, I I think that's one that you and I also will not be. Unfortunately, for all of you listeners at Dickinson College, I will not be wearing printed tights in the calf. Yeah, I don't think I wear a lot of tights in general, but. I actually just don't think I'll ever wear tights. (laughs) Yeah, printed or regular, not wearing them. Um, the next one, supersized trench coats, which here for? Big okay, coat, yeah, I like that. More layers. <laughs> it's just a big hoodie trench coat protects the legs from the wind. Like any, the bigger it is, like I love it. So okay, hear me out. I'm kind of like really pro, like late '90s, early 2000s trench coat. <laughs> I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't hate it, but I hate the fabric, like that that fabric that like rustles. Like, go, rain, like a like a thick, w- thick rain jacket yeah um, the belts yeah. we could do without like the the 80 buttons down the front I also cool don't want the ones that looks like kind of like like brown paper bag colored like I'm not into those because <laughs> <laughs> then you look like a brown paper bag running through the streets of New York <laughs>
1: yeah but I would wear a trench coat like if somebody gave me a trench coat like I wouldn't
0: I would wear oh, it oh I think it's the easiest piece you can style. Okay, last two. this one. Now I'll preface, I follow um, LVMH prize, which is LVMH owns a bunch of smaller, I'm gonna say smaller, but it's it's brands. I don't think they own Gucci. They might own Gucci, but smaller <laughs> luxury houses. Okay, wow. <laughs> small. So small. I know it's just small. So it's conglomerate kind of like URBN underneath it is anthropology, urban, free people. Mm-hmm. lvmh is at the top below them luxury houses they run a like it's called the lvmh prize it's ju- basically like a scholarship fund um but one of my favorite designers that came out of that i believe she won a couple years ago her name is emily Helmstedt. she designs um i didn't know she was from denmark that was another one of, that surprised me i absolutely love her stuff she yeah got kind of famous in the united states this summer for a uh, she had a strawberry print that she did you buy a mask in it. No, that was Lyrica Matoshi. Um, no, it was it was a strawberry print that was on swimsuits, it was in a bag, it was on like a pair. I think Harry Styles wore it too. Okay. It's like a pajama set. It was this print that blew up and it was really cute. Um so she sort of went a little famous for that. But her main thing is the dresses she sells are are nightgowns, but they're meant for street wear. And I know you're laughing because you have a nightgown and we have a mutual friend who buys all of us nightgowns for fun I'm talking a little more refined like you could wear it in the street and it has that shape a thing I'm noticing about Copenhagen Fashion Week zero shape like yeah wait so like like a Victorian nightgown practically like no it the silhouette is the same and it's got that higher neck but the the embellishments and the trim aren't up at the top they're like typically like on the wrist or like at the bottom hem a little more like reasonable to wear outside of your house they look a little more street style um (laughs) and lastly the last trend to emerge out of copenhagen fashion week is the micro top with the long shorts so tiny little thing up on the top and then a super high waisted short so you're not like getting that much skin in between and then the shorts Mm -hmm. are like mid thigh and then you I've seen them style with like a blazer heel blazer sneaker combo you wear it under something but okay that pairing um I like it going into summer I yeah. think that's like a very Parisian summer thing um but yeah I think the thing's coming out of it a little I've seen before but I'm excited to actually go through all the collections and see how they interworked all of those pieces yeah and that's, yeah that is cool the wrap up for this episode. Um and yeah, thank you again for jumping on. Um, of course. And I'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> Sounds good. This has been fun.